Welcome to another installment of The Persistent Rumor. I am Chocolate Yoda, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. And with me, as always, that massive chunk of a beautiful man and my heterosexual life mate, <laughs> Chancleta. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> ah, man, yes, a big chunk of a man indeed, yeah. I hope you like this uh, spy versus spy theme we go in the black and white contrast going <laughs> yeah. on. It's, uh, it's working for us. I love it. <laughs> trying to freak you out. Uh, so anyway, That's hey, it. man, let me ask you a question. What's on your mind, chum? Oh, uh, man, you know, I've, uh, I'm, I'm feeling good these days. I got to tell you, um, you know, uh, you know, the last time we talked, uh, I think we had an episode. Uh, our first episode was about all the mental health challenges that I have, but um you know, uh, I had another therapy session. Uh, I've been meditating. Uh, I'm starting yoga. Uh, I'm, I'm the biggest dude doing yoga now, I'm probably sure. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, I just decided that, like, I'm, I'm going to break away from stereotypes and the things that I've been doing because, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I like lifting weights. Things are good, but I, I'm not I don't feel comfortable going to a gym right now. Mm, yeah. Um, and one of the things that I felt is like I've lost. Uh, you know, some of the, like, I'm, I'm really not limber. My shoulders hurt. Like I try to do a push up, and man, that kills my shoulders. It's not even yeah. like I can't do the push up. It's like it, it just kills my shoulders and I'm yeah. particularly heavy. You know what I mean? Um, so, um, I think yoga is going to be that thing where it's like, I'm going to get that good stretch. I'm going to get, you know, get limber again. And, you know, I just take it from there, man. Uh, you know, nice. I'm feeling nice. good these days. Yeah. I'm drinking water. You're, like crazy. You're, I, mean, I love, I love the idea of a, of a man of your stature doing yoga. In, uh, instead of saying, Oh, you're going to go, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm going to make it absolutely, my own. Man. It's, it's just, <laughs> Man, listen. I'm if I try, felt you know, shame, um, I would be ashamed I, of what I just said. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about like I was reading about different types of yoga or whatever, and really all I just want to do is just like limber up, uh, you know, like get my muscles like you know working again and stretching nice and just you know feeling like yeah. you know more springy, I guess. I don't know. At any rate, the whole point is that I was reading about all these different types of yogas, and one of them is like Bikram yoga. Or they call it oh, hot. Oh, Bikram yoga. is great. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and I'm just like, man, I I I just feel like I'm gonna feel like a brisket in that you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I but I well, might give it a thing. shot in the here, future. Here's the thing about Bikram yogurt, it's kinda of funny because this is this is what happens when something gets Americanized, right? So mm -hmm. uh the the gentleman named Bikram, he's a pretty controversial figure, but um, that's because of his personality and, and, you know, I mean, by some accounts he can definitely be wacky, but that's neither here nor there. He started his yoga in Calcutta, India, okay? And mm -hmm. it's just hot as fuck in Calcutta, right? So there's mm -hmm. no real reason why people in America heat up their rooms in order to do yoga. He didn't, he didn't make a hot room part of Bikram by choice. He made it because he's in a hot fucking place. Hot. <laughs> yeah. But Americans decide to do something. It's like, oh yeah, I guess we have to have it hot here. You fucking posers, shut up. Yeah. No pun intended, you know, Bikram poses. Yeah. You know what I, uh, yeah. what I uh, I'll see myself out. Uh, ah. <laughs> okay, yeah, go away. 
Yeah, but no, that's but that's that's really what it is. It's just like yeah. you know when you when you go to another culture, um, you know, you miss a little bit about what 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 the intent is. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. You're just really trying to recreate the whole the whole experience. Um, and maybe somebody came back and said, "Hey, you know, uh, part of it was that it was really hot, so I think yeah. we have to recreate that environment." Um, yeah. even though that wasn't necessarily the point. Right. So, but the good thing about it is uh, twofold. Number one. Um, it is better to stretch in the heat. It's just better for your muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've played on cold days. Getting limbered up and warmed up is hard oh. when it's colder. Um, and yeah. it does feel good. Like, I happen to love sweating when I'm working out. Um, and I think it's because... Yeah. Hold on. I, I almost... Um, my stomach almost inverted. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad anyway i think it's because um i have been an athlete my whole life and and i I stopped playing sports when i was about 37 i i I used to play basketball all the time um but i uh, since then it's been weights and things like that so i've been athletic my whole life and um uh, I just got used to sweating. I, I got used to, you know, being drenched in my own sweat. And so inadvertently, it became a very comfortable feeling for me. So when I did Bikram, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and of course, it's one of those things where let's say you, you go to a class and it's just too hot for you. Just stop. You, you know, nothing says yeah. that you have to keep going. No one's going to poke you or prod you. Uh, if, you know, I mean, they're used to people fainting in that moment. So, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes people push themselves, uh, because of their ego or whatever. Um, you know, people do the same thing in the gym where they work out ferociously and then they can't move for 48 hours. Uh, you know, you, you can go at your own that. pace, but you know, yoga is extremely yeah. beneficial. Um, it is the oldest science known to humankind. Um, and it is, uh, it's brilliant in my opinion, you know, figuring out all these different poses that help you with circulation, flexibility and strength. Um, and you know, it's beneficial for your metabolism. Um, and yogis, uh, throughout history have done pretty amazing things like, you know, being, uh, I saw one that was put in a coffin and then in a pool to make sure that, you know, there was no, the, no way that he could be breathing and he just slowed his heart down and just chilled out and he had something like eight hours worth of oxygen and somehow managed to live for 24 hours you know freak like that um you know and it, it just seems like um it's it's one of those things that uh, the western mind doesn't tend to accept as far as things that are possible but i've seen yogis do uh, amazing things there was this one guy uh, that brought this uh, breathing technique, and right now it's escaping me the name of it. Uh, but you know, this guy was able to make uh, both halves of his hands different temperatures just from breathing, and he could regulate wow. his body in the same way. Um, and then you have uh, Wim Hof, who's you know he's a contemporary guy. He's been setting records for years for being able to stay yeah. in freezing climates uh, just like, like he, he climbs mountains where there's snow on the ground and all he has on is a, like a loincloth 
it's kind of crazy. But, you know, mm. these are things that you can do when you master your body. Um, I am not uh, yeah. even close to that, but I am stronger than I look. So that's good. So I've, I've got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I look stronger than I am. So that's a, that's a nice contrast, which, uh, you know. <laughs> Really, really makes this white, black and white thing just really just take off. I like it. <laughs> it's a, it, it just shot. It just makes our personalities shine. Uh, yeah. So I'm not. I'm definitely not as strong as I used to be. But um, you know, I mean, uh, I still. If I get a little momentum, though, it's a, <laughs> it's a little crazy. Yeah. So. Well, um, you uh, you did your first episode of Chancleta says uh, where you spoke about a topic that was on your mind. And uh, I'm sure that people are going to watch that. Um, tonight, what's on my mind is the response that certain segments of America have to mass shootings. And I know this is oh. changing gears real severely, but fuck it. I can do whatever I want, I suppose. Um, That's great. We, um, we see, uh, again, another tragic event where some crazed white dude goes into an establishment and just starts killing people. And, uh, you know, so many people dead, so many people injured, and so many more people traumatized. And mm -hmm. that in and of itself is a whole topic for a different kind of conversation. But what I want to focus on is the response that some people have to that. And we've seen this response before where half the country is horrified and the other half of the country starts citing the Second Amendment. And I just mm -hmm. don't understand how this disconnect keep ha keeps happening. You know, like, why is it that some people cannot manage even a moment of compassion for what happened to these people before they start making excuses for why nothing can be done about it? You know, uh, there right. was this senator, uh, senator or congressperson, I forget, um, just a couple of days ago talking about, you know, how uh, we we treat drunk drivers different than we treat yeah. these murderers. And it's like, well, Representative Kennedy from Louisiana. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is that you inadvertently made a great point. Why don't we treat these murderers the way we treat how we handle automobiles and the people that drive drunk and the people that drive drunk and then hurt or kill somebody while they do it. Like, right. even though we prosecute people that drive drunk and hurt somebody, whether they crash into a building or they, you know, destroying property or uh, clip somebody and hurt them or run over them and kill them, we have mm -hmm. a methodology for dealing with that. And we never hesitate right. to deal with that. We put people in jail when that happens. And mm -hmm. we've never said, oh, let's take all uh, cars off the road. And while we're at it, right. how about every car gets registered Every car has to have insurance. You have to have a license to operate the vehicle by passing a written uh, and a practical test. Um, when you sell the car, there's a record of it. The new owner has to register it. If if that new owner uh, changes state, they have to register it all over again. Like we 
keep tabs on over 300 million vehicles in America. Why do we think that we cannot apply the same system to gun owners? Why is that met with resistance? I have no idea. It's the most bizarre shit in the world because literally nobody's, nobody is talking about taking anybody's guns away. We're just looking for more practical solutions of controlling it. And then it's like, oh, you know, like, I, I you know, I, I, nobody says, oh, we should, you know, we, we've done everything from, like, reducing the magazine capacities to guns and all of these different things. And it's like, none of that is effective because you can just go buy a gun. Like, regardless of what laws are happening in any state, there's so many ways to get around it. It's ridiculous. It's like, you can go to a gun show and buy a gun like you're buying potato chips. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's just like, you know, and so it's like, okay, cool. So we have to register a car, right? Which is a which is a, a basically a a piece of equipment that's designed to transport you which also has the side effect of potentially being harmful, right? Like you can run over property or people, you know, it it it, it can kill somebody potentially but that's not the intended use of it right that or the intended uh uh you know uh whatever the intended use for it i guess i'm just out of words right now but but here's <laughs> but here's a product right that its sole purpose its sole intent is to kill yeah right and you don't want to control it better and then it's yeah. like every state decides that this is the way we're going to handle it and everything. So really all you have to do is just cross state borders and you're good. If you yeah. don't like it, you can just cross the state border. And listen, I'm I, I'm in New York right now. I can frisbee something to New Jersey for where I'm at. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, and then when I'm in Jersey, I'm not that far. I'm an hour and a half away from Pennsylvania. Right? Yeah. And in Pennsylvania, everybody has a gun. Right. Yeah, and the interesting thing also is uh, you reference gun shows. Even the regulations at gun shows are essentially meaningless. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw a hidden camera thing one time where they they did everything you're not supposed to do when buying a gun at a trade show. Right. Uh, including admitting that the goal was to get a gun so he could kill somebody. And... The guy was like, oh, you're not supposed to say that and still sold him a gun. Right. You know, because, hey, guess what? It appears that money is the main motivator behind all this. Exactly. And when you follow the money, you start to understand why all these politicians do nothing about this. And not for nothing. As much as we love President Obama and all that stuff, that had eight years to tackle this and didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So it's it's the system. There's too many people making too much money, including the lawmakers who are mm-hmm. supposed to be protecting us. Because that's the yeah. whole point of having lawmakers. It's that they're they are intended to be working for the greater good of society. But that doesn't happen when you legalize bribery. So yeah. now you have this group of people that's content to sit back and take bribes from lobbyists lobbyists, legalize bribers that go in and, and legally bribe these uh, congressmen and senators and representatives and all that just so they can continue uh, making money off of this enormous industry. 
And it's a shame because, you know, we, we are told how great America is, right? And my, my position on this at this point is prove it. Show mm-hmm. me the proof for where all this care and greatness and all this stuff is because I rarely see it. And I'm not saying America is a terrible place, but it's kind of a terrible place in certain circumstances. And this whole sanctity of life and pro-life and all this other stuff, well, why don't you start demonstrating how much you really believe in the sanctity of life? Why don't you really start demonstrating how pro-life you really are and actually protect life? Yeah. It's only pro-life when it's a fetus. After that, you... Right. And then George Carlin 18, spoke extensively about that. Yeah. You know, unless you're 18, then, you know, it's like, hey, we need you, you know, for, for the military. Just come join us. But, you know, here's the thing that my, my, my problem with, with government is that regardless of whether it's Republican or Democrats at the helm, it's always some shit where it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like, oh, well, you guys, you know, it's a free for all kind of situation. You know, so if you if the government is not doing anything for its citizens, and it's essentially just a free-for-all, and you're on your own, what the f*** do we need government for? Go away. You know what I mean? Like, stop taxing us, get the f*** out of our way, and we'll figure it out. Well, see, here's the thing. I I don't mind taxes because... That's what gives us roads and electricity. I don't. I don't want to run my own power lines. I don't want to dig wells for water. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I want an infrastructure, right? But when when you when you get to the point where basic needs are not being met, despite how much money is in the American system, then we have a problem. You know. Then then. Then I start to agree with what you're saying. Um, but instead of no taxes, I say, how about no laws? How about like you take the, the, the example of Deadwood, where and it was one of a few uh, towns where, where there were no laws. Well, guess what? People regulate other people. Before mm-hmm. there were laws 300,000 years ago, people regulated the people in their group, you know, mm-hmm. and we all have a community. Uh, we have varying communities. We, you know, we have our family. That's a community. We have our friends. That's a community. We have our co-workers. Uh, we have uh, the village at large. We have the state at large. And we have the country at large. And all of these things are concentrically larger communities that uh, have made it loud and clear what you can and can't do. Right? So we know yeah. you're not supposed to murder. We know you're not supposed to rape. And uh why spend all this time and effort making laws that really essentially are meaningless when you compare them to things like gun control and pollution and food quality and poverty and health care and the mm-hmm. list goes on and on you know uh, um, infant mortality uh, garbage production, pollution, you know, that's what I want government to take care of, the big jobs that it's difficult for the citizen to manage, right? right. But the the system has been uh, just completely convoluted and completely bastardized to the point where it doesn't do these things anymore, not, not in, in the way that's most advantageous to the average person. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I think part of it is just because, you know, we essentially let 
big business step you know step heavily into into the government you know now it's at the point where it's like we you know we we have lobbyists for everything and it's yeah. essentially just legal bribery you know it, and it's, in, they're, interestingly they're, they're, they're not even hiding that fact that that's oh, what it yeah. is yeah interestingly a few of the forefathers uh, wrote about the the idea of conflating business and government. Um, some of it was disingenuous, I think. Um, some of it was purposely obscure. Um, I, I know that uh, in part of what Lincoln was writing about during the Civil War was his paranoia about involving uh, businesses in the issues of state because mm-hmm. he he knew that in order to defeat the South, <clears throat> excuse me, that in order to the, defeat the South, that he was going to have to tap on the shoulders of businesses to provide the funds that were needed for the war effort. Mm-hmm. But he was really, really concerned about that, and all of his concerns came true. Mm-hmm. You know, now business and government are essentially one and the same. Mm-hmm. And and therein lies the problem because the agenda for businesses is not the same as the agenda for a government, or at least theoretically they're not the same. But now they have melded together, and we're suffering as a, resu- a, a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy inequality, you know, uh, exploitation of workers everywhere. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, Walmart had this thing going on where they're paying their workers shit. Not only are they paying them, shit, but they're only giving them like 32 hours a week to work, right? I don't know what the current situation is. This is just something that happened, uh, you know, at, at for a large portion of their uh, of their of the t- of time as they ran their business, and then so they had this thing where they were literally setting up little workshops in inside their WalMarts to get people on public assistance. And I'm thinking about how the f- do you employ somebody? And and and. You know, and and help them get public assistance. Like that's the well, that's you the are sh- your Walmart helps to create the working poor. And it's like, wow, that's like that's that on face of it should be absolutely illegal. Like, how is that even a thing? But it happened because Walmart works with lawmakers. Yeah, and then combined, like the Walmart, the the, the Walton family are worth over a hundred billion dollars. They were like yeah, it's worth ridiculous, something like twenty billion each. Yeah, it's yeah, and and uh, you know what what Walmart does is that they get tax breaks, which mm-hmm. means that they're not contributing to the infrastructure. Right. Uh, they they disrupt the local economies wherever they're located, mm-hmm. and they make sure that they keep their workers impoverished. And their claim is that well, you know, how can we make profit if we pay our people right? Well, the answer is Costco. Costco mm-hmm. pays people a living wage and. Dollar for dollar is actually more profitable than Walmart is. That's right. That's the way it works. You know, you can run a business well. You can make money. It's it's about it's about stopping greed. Really, it's like listen, like I, I'm not I'm not against anybody making millions. Like I, that's that's you know that's the dream that everybody talks about. The American dream, right? It's just coming to this land of fortune that people talk about you know listen i come from immigrants i'm a first generation american you know what i mean like i'm you know all of my parent my parents uh, all of my uh, all of my uncles and aunts they came from dominican republic 
they came here and you know they didn't speak the language which you know in retrospect that's you know that that sounds to me like a pretty like scary endeavor to go to a foreign country where you don't know the language and you'll just go there and figure it out it wasn't like they really had something to come to like you know what i mean like um you know they started working uh, at hotels and things like that and eventually saved up enough money and started their own businesses and so on and so forth and you know they prospered they had kids they bought homes etc and you know um and then we uh started working like it, it's really funny because like my parents and my uncles and aunts they, they all worked uh for themselves they all started their own businesses and and i with I think invariably, all me and all of my cousins just worked for somebody. We we found employment because I I I think we were just sort of guided that way. Like, oh, you go to school, you find a good job, whatever the case is. And you know, uh, uh, I don't I don't know of anybody who actually started their own business. You know what I mean? We all you know some of us had little side hustles here and there, and I've sure certainly uh, given it a uh, threw in a hat there just to, just to give it a shot. But um, for the most part. Um, it's funny how those things work out. Um, I, I, I thought the American dream was just that, like, you know, I remember seeing like time, uh, time pieces, you know, films, uh, of certain time pieces back in the day where you would generally see a, a, a American family that was, uh, consisted of a few kids, a husband and a wife, and the husband was the breadwinner, the sole breadwinner. Um, and whether he was an architect or a butcher or whatever the case is, um, they were kind of well off, you know, not and, and relatively well off. Like this is, you know, the, a man could have a job and take a vacation, have a car, own a home, uh, et cetera, and take care and provide for his family. Let me uh, let me give you some perspective to what you're saying. I was born in 1964. In that year, the average income in America was five thousand dollars a year. Mm, yeah. Okay. And for that money, uh, because inflation wasn't out of control yet, um, like you said, people could afford everything in their life and comfortably. Yeah. And including savings. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things that's missing now because life is so nearly impossible for people. No one has savings anymore. Uh, people cannot withstand an emergency, you know, one very often one emergency will disrupt someone's life uh, just in a in a in a cascading and impossible way. Yeah. You know, like if someone falls behind one month in rent, it is almost insurmountable. If they fall behind in two months, it's nearly impossible. If they fall behind for three months, it's a wrap. Yeah. OK, people never recover. It's crazy. And and. There is no reason why this is so, except what you mentioned earlier, and that's greed. You know, right. Gordon Gecko in the film Wall Street said greed is good, but that's horseshit. Yeah, that's some that's some bombastic '80s American bull. Greed is not good. Yeah. 
No, it's it's uh, you know for for those of you who like follow the Bible, it's uh, it's one of the deadly sins, right? Um, well, so the, the the seven deadly sins are not in the Bible. Stop saying things that are not true. Well, I don't like it. That's true. <laughs> the seven deadly sins are not in the Bible, but yeah. uh, but 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 it is part of the religion. It, it, yeah. it is said in churches and things like that. So yeah, I mean it's um, that Paggles, right? The, and yeah. One of the G's is greed. The other is gluttony. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean. Whether it's in the Bible or not is really immaterial um, to me because why are you living your life by the Bible? There's there's too many horrible things in there. But but um, uh, but just from a practical human to human point of view, obviously greed is not a good thing. You no, know, not at all. if you have motivation, if you have a lust to self improve and you do it in a way that doesn't harm anyone else, that's fine. But once you introduce greed, you're introducing an element that doesn't care about the consequences of your actions. Right. And this is not a good thing. I don't care how you spin it. I don't care how popular it is in American cinema. It's horseshit. okay? Greed is a terrible thing. Greed is the reason why America is the way it is. And Absolutely. if you think it's wonderful, it probably means that you're white and you're you're enjoying white privilege. Congratulations to you! Uh, but for the for the vast majority of people in America, it is an almost insurmountable daily struggle. The anxiety never leaves you. You're constantly worried about bills. You're constantly worried about the future. How are you going to put your children through college? How are you going to save for retirement? How are you going to save for an emergency? You know, I mean, God forbid your 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 uh, car breaks down. And yes, I'm an atheist. I just said, God forbid. Fuck you. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> what I mean, if something happens, what do you do? Uh, most Americans cannot handle, or, or not. I think it's something like forty percent or sixty percent of Americans can't handle an emergency over four hundred dollars. That's yeah. insane. That yeah. that's that's not the way people are meant to live, and. And it would be one thing if there was a legitimate reason for why the conditions are the way they are. Like if you're in a war-torn developing country, you at least have some reasons, even if they're not good reasons, at least there are reasons for why things are the way they are. But in America, there's literally no good reason for why things are the way they are. And the main bad reason for how they are is because of greed. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and to add to that, it's, you know, we, we lack, uh, we lack compassion, right? Yes. Um, because we, we, we don't, you know, we turn, uh, you know, we, we're judgy, you know what I mean? Like, look, like just the fact we could bring back this shooting incident. Like the fact that, you know, anytime you hear and we have these conversations yearly, various times throughout the year, you know, it's it's horrible that these things have happened. Supposedly, there's something like 120 mass shootings that have already occurred. And it's just March this year. Yeah. So within three months, approximately 120 mass shootings have already occurred in the United States. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And like, and, you know and, what you know, what's crazier? That's that? slower than usual. Yeah, and it's probably because like most people are like indoors and working from home. Oh, it's a hundred percent because yeah. of the pandemic and yeah. the and the quarantine. One hundred percent. 
Yeah, and it's bizarre that like you know like the 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 first thing is like oh here we go again we're gonna take our guns away like no like 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 let's let's take a few moments let's take let's take a few days and just like have a little compassion for the lives lost. Okay, like, so let me ask you a question. Let's say their worst fears came true, and all the guns were taken away. Why are your guns more important than human life? I, I honestly don't know. I don't have an answer to that because I can't. No, even... because you're not a psychopath. Yeah. But like that, this is the question that I want to ask these Second Amendment. The I mean, like, why are you so? Why do you have such a for the Second Amendment, man? It was uh, when, when was it? Uh, Seventeen eighty nine or eighteen eighty nine? Some like that. Like, come on, man, get the fuck over it already. This shit was written when we had muskets. Yeah. Like, why is that more important to you than human life? Again, you keep talking about the sanctity of human life. You keep talking about pro-life. Where the fuck is it? Put your fucking money where your mouth is and deal with the fucking gun situation. Yeah. And it's not going to go away. Like, it's just not. You know, uh, you can say all these things because it's like, even if you decide that your argument is going to be like, we have to protect the Second Amendment, okay, then how would you fix it? But you don't give any any solutions. It's just, don't take my guns away. Like, right. fuck off. That's not how you do it with it. Like, you don't, you don't want to address mental health issues. You don't want to strengthen the laws to, you know, make it so that only the good people have guns. You know what I mean? And and not, you know, like, you know, and, and not good uh, per se, like, you know, you have to qualify some, you know, with some sort of uh, money or sort of some sort of uh, class status or anything like that. We're just talking about people who hasn't committed crimes, uh, people that have clearly been diagnosed with some sort of mental illness whatever the case is like you know there's some background checks and some some measures anything like to to work with us because that's the problem now it's just like you're either on one side or you're on the other and then there's yeah. no like okay let's debate let's talk about this what how can we make this better so that you can keep your guns and we have this problem resolved but nothing is proposed except right. give like oh it's let's give teachers guns what why oh yeah, there's want... no way that could go wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Oh, yeah. Why would we give let's, teachers? Let's let let let's put this in perspective. Look at what happens to police officers who are trained to use weapons. Right. Look at what happens with soldiers who are trained way more than police officers to use weapons. So now you're going to give a gun to a teacher who doesn't have nearly the kind of training that either police officers or soldiers have. And you're going to hope that the teacher's reaction in a high-pressure, life-and-death situation is going to be absolutely perfect? Are yeah. you f joking? Like they're going to Clint Eastwood their asses out of this school. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's ridiculous. And it's like What's this most likely to happen is a teacher's going to shoot themselves. They're going to shoot a student. They're going to shoot another staff member. And the last person they're going to shoot is the other person with the gun that they're trying to shoot. Okay? Yeah. But doesn't it shine a, a very, very vivid light on the response that America has had to the coronavirus pandemic when you understand the same kind of response that they've had to the gun issue? They, they seem very tied together, don't they? They do. I mean, you, how, how much resistance to a mask 
can't, could, would, did you imagine was going to happen when this first started? Like, I did not think for a second that we were going to be met with this kind of, like, pushback about wearing a fucking mask during a pandemic that grew this out of control. sucker in, uh, in Senate, Rand Paul, oh, who God, had the unmitigated gall to try to tell Dr. Fauci that he was wrong on the mask issue. And, and credit to him, sh- and credit for him to keeping his cool, because I was oh, down his throat. <laughs> I, uh, like, you, what are you, I'm sorry, you're, you're an ophthalmologist? Go f*** yeah. yourself. Get the f*** <laughs> out of my butt. You know, the, you know how people say, you know how people say, like, oh, yeah, like, he wrote the book on immunology? Like, yeah, here's the book I wrote. Yeah. Like, get the f*** yeah. out of here and bounce. When I tell you some sh- do what I say. But, you know what, he wants to be a classy guy, and he's always been a classy guy. Yeah, and yeah. so good for you to have a little bit, like, of self-control, because I just don't have Massive self-control. Not a little yeah, bit. He had yeah, massive self-control. Because yeah, I would have I turned to that and said, hey, I'll tell you what, the next time I have dry eyes, I'll f***ing give you a call. Until right. then, please shut the f*** up. I'm going to fart in your eye and give you pink eye, bitch. You take care of it. You know what I mean? Pink <laughs> eye! Got her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy like i just get i I, I just get like like the audacity for anybody to to like really like question somebody to that to that level like listen america's top immunologist right and it's like here's what you do with dr fauci you ask him a question a genuine question and then shut the fuck up while you get 50 years of experience, knowledge, and right. wisdom in the fire, on the front lines, handling everything from AIDS to, to the coronavirus pandemic, everything in between. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like if like, let's say we were in, uh, you know, some sort of dystopian future, which I, I, I really feel we kind of are at this point. But, <laughs> but let's say we Mad were in Max some sort has of, happened. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that wasn't it wasn't Mad Max like. Uh, uh, supposedly, like uh, in 2021, like it was supposed the the, the time. Yeah, it, it might have been. I'm, I'll have to double check that, but that could be. Yeah, I, I think so. At any rate, um, but imagine we live in this sort of dystopian future where everybody's just kind of on their own. We're trying to figure things out, and uh, you know, we're trying to get back together. And somebody decides it's like, okay, we need a plan. Um, like, how are we going to? Uh, what are we going to do about shelter? Like. Don't, wouldn't you listen to the guy who really knows how to probably build a house or secure it or something like that? Like, wouldn't that be the person that you go to? It's like, oh, this guy's an architect. Like maybe, this you guy, know, the, the you leading know, civil engineer, maybe. The leading civil engineer. It's like, okay, we have to get water. We have to get that. Like, and, and then just, like, listen to him and follow his directions. Like, why would you question, like, this man's, like, even if he's not the best civil engineer or he's not, he knows more than you do. Right. Right. And like have a little like have a little humility to just sit down there and learn. And maybe what could happen is that you learn as much as he does. And then because you have an open mind, you might be able to kind of like uh, improve on on some of his logic or whatever the case is. But until you really have that that nice understanding that he has, it's just like you really can't do anything with that. Like there's always and this is true for every human. There is vastly more information that you don't know than you do. And that's just always going to be the case. It doesn't make you stupid. 
It's yeah, just little that humility there are goes that a long don't, way, man. Yeah, you just don't understand it. Like, you know, we live in an era where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this is bull. You know, uh, everything from astrology to, to you know, like the, 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 the earth being flat to wind power being stupid or whatever. Like, it's just and, uh, like it just goes on and on. And it's just like the only thing that you're doing is impeding progress. Yeah. Right. And that's you're really slowing what down the, the train, is. man. You are slowing, slowing down, down the, the train. train and it goes all over the world. I mean, this isn't unique yeah. to the United States, but it's really prevalent here and it's getting old. Yeah. Hey, let me yeah. tell you something about windmills, man. They kill pigeons. So do so planes. We can't have them. So do buildings. Yeah. So I mean, again, you're you're putting the the uh, the uh, uh, advancement of mankind behind f- pigeons. Hey, yeah. I like pigeons. They're nice. I like that goofy sound that they make. I'm a New Yorker. Pigeons are a staple. They're basically yeah. flying rats, but I love them anyway. Um, so you know, windmills, uh, they're, so they're wind- served in restaurants and all that shit, yeah. and that's fine. Uh, so windmills kill pigeons. Let's get rid of windmills. That's it. Can't guns have them. Are killing, guns are killing children. Let's keep the guns. I want to keep my guns. <laughs> like, I, you know, where's your logic here, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like... I don't understand what the fuck is happening. Are pigeons or and and geese like more important than children? Like I don't. Well, where are we going Apparently with this? Apparently so. So it's, it's, so that you know what? That's a good way to close out this episode. America, fuck let yeah. the let the persistent <laughs> let the persistent rumor be the first uh, source to tell you that pigeons and geese are more important than the safety of the human species. So, yes. you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Solar power! Hi, folks. This is Chocolate Yoda. If you like this episode but want to hear the uncensored version, head over to patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Again, patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Thank you.